Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. I care about, because I probably <laughs> don't sound good, because I do need to get a new microphone, or yeah. just, you know, one that's not embedded in the computer. Yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to buy you one, because that thing's a hot piece of garbage. <laughs> oh, it is. It's, it's the hottest of garbage. But you know what isn't? You know what isn't hot garbage, boys? Being back for another episode of the RVA Returners Podcast, friends, it's Sunday night. You know, I don't have to work this morning. Well, I did have to work this morning, and I am tired as hell. Steven, you could probably vouch for that. A hundred percent, dude. I think I regret not taking off today. <laughs> I, I definitely do, too. Well, guys, I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, Adam Lane. Say hi to everybody. What's up, everybody? There they are. And uh, we got a couple special guests with us today. Um, you know, they're no strangers to the podcast. They're no strangers to just, you know, our scene in general. And that's... Chucky Russ himself, Mr. Cookie Kung, <laughs> and we've got Shaky Legs Magoo. We got Steven Arboleto. Boys, say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, y'all doing? The, the <laughs> Shaky Legs Magoo. The voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, like you know, we got a lot to unpack today. I know Steven, you were at FanFest last week. Um, you know, we went to the New York Petite Cup this, uh, this past weekend, which is why we're so dead ass tired. You know, just a lot going on. I know there was a. Uh, there, there was a petite cup today, question mark, up in Canada. Um, you know, we got more events next week. But, you know, there's there, there's a place. There's a place where you can go, kind of like Cheers. Where you, but you can get all this information, and everybody knows your name. Boys, well, you know what that is? Can, can I say it? it? Can I say it? Steven, I'm, I'm... I'd be honored if you said it. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. The news. I've been looking forward to that all day. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Sound like Okimoto, dude. That's how Okimoto said. He lost his, his mind when he got to say it. I, I was thinking of like three different ways today on how to say it. I was like, should I like play like a radio, like calling in something, or like how do I do it? How do I do it? But you know what? I think I did just fine. Yeah, thank you. Hi, right. Stephen Arbaletta here, longtime listener, first time caller. Can I say it? Yeah, I think you definitely obsessed over that too much, Stephen. I've been looking forward to it all day. I, I love it. It's like <laughs> Mac and always sunny when he did the uh, the sports trivia. To get <laughs> <to the sky>. <laughs> Golden. <laughs> um. Any new headlines this week? So we um you know we got a spoiler. There was another card of the week this past week. Adam, if you want to uh, take it away, I actually kind of like this card. Yeah, I'll right. I'll read it off. So it's a three CP lightning forward. Uh, Job Warrior, Darkness, Category, Final Fantasy Legends, uh, Alba. She's a 6,000 power EX Burst. Uh, when she enters the field, choose as many forwards your opponent controls as Job Warriors of Darkness you control and dole them. And if your opponent has two or more dole forwards, she gains haste and can't be chosen by opponent summons or abilities. Card's pretty good. I actually like that card a lot. I, I think it's just a good punish card. Obviously, we'll see what Warriors of Darkness bring to the table. But even in something wacky like Ice Lightning, where you're just like, all right, play Sarah, play that, go. You know, there's, I think there's some neat applications to it. Oh, yeah. It really helps the uh, Eduardo plays, too. <laughs> yeah. Eduardo, uh, or, or Eric. Yeah, Eric. It's very... <laughs> Only two people are going to get that. <laughs> uh, there'll be a few people that get it, but that's the best part about it. Is there someone playing Eduardo in New York? No, but but yeah, I mean it's pretty good, right? Like, it, it 
it's good by itself. You don't even really have to run any other Warriors of Darkness, although it helps for the burst. Cause if she hits off burst and you're not playing any other ones, you're not really dulling anything. Exactly. Um, I think she's just a really interesting card. Like, yeah. even her last ability is pretty cool, but there are ways to play around it, right? Like, because if you activate your own stuff, you can actually turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, she pairs well with the other Lightning Four that we've seen. Diana, right? Because you can just mm-hmm. play these two on color if you want. Basically yeah. make Diana yep. a 1 CP. And then for this new card's effect, it includes herself as one of the Warriors of Darkness, correct? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, automatically, just there, uh, just from there, if you play, like, one other Warrior Darkness, like, if you're playing, like, I don't know, uh, Lightning Earth, and you have, like, Knocked on board or something like that, that's two forwards you're going to dole off the bat, and she'll get her effect, like, right then and there, and, you know, possibly swing for game if that's a situation. Yeah, I mean, just playing her as a follow-up to a Lua is pretty good, too, right? Like, you play a Lua, they, respond, they play a forward to try to block her, and then you're just like, psych, can you play this? Yeah. <laughs> and then you swing again. Yeah. I mean, that sounds uh, pretty good. I, I think it's good. I think the card's actually really, really solid. I can't wait to see, you know, if Warriors of Darkness is enough of like a, um, almost like a sub-theme to put into a deck to really maximize the value. Well, so if you base off like what was in Chapters, right, there's there's four of these cards, and we've already seen mm-hmm. three. So yeah. there's probably one more Earth card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like it builds itself. Yeah, we'll see if it's worth it. I mean, I think it's already worth it just to run the two lightning cards. And Diana only talks about legend cards, so you, maybe there's some other Final Fantasy legend lightning cards that could pair well with them, too. The only one I can think of off the top of my head like, currently is Bar- uh, Barbara. Yeah, but they're probably going to print another one this set, right? Like, I would assume. I feel like we've seen it, the art for one. Sense. Yeah, like, all I can think of right now is Barbara. But, um, but yeah, a little light on spoilers this week. We only got the one. Um, so maybe we'll see maybe some more this week, but it's hard. You never know. Uh, also, I just thought about this because I had some stuff here I was looking through. Um, Asmodai is Final Fantasy Legends as well. All the generals are. Yeah. Uh, for Final Fantasy Legends, I believe Aegis and Sol are as well. They sure are. Yep. Yeah, they are. So there are some things you can do with it. I, th- I think there are some archetypes you can try to splash those uh, those characters in. So we'll see. Like, I'm curious as to see what people build with. And that's something we can kind of talk about here um, in our main topic. But, you know, we- we've got Steven on here. You know, we talked briefly last week about the Fan Fest, or Fanfare as it was called. Steven, you were there. Talk to us about it. How was it from an actual, you know, from an actual perspective of somebody being there? Kind of just, just kind of walk us through the whole thing. Um, so honestly, the whole thing was a blast, and I feel like it was an amazing time, more so because I know people in the community, and I had someone to hang out with the whole time, and I knew I, I participated in the three v three. That was a pretty sick uh, thing to experience. It was random battles throughout the whole event, um, but on my perspective, I think it was a great event. Ten out of ten would do it again, but I feel like if you're someone who is just casually into the game which is kind of what this event was intended for. And you didn't know that many people in the community and you went to this, you probably were not going to have a good time just because, like, mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the 3v3 kind of insinuated that you needed to have people there. Um, as far as the title events, unless you were there early on, you didn't get a seat because it was originally intended for, like, 16 players. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they capped it out, like, instantly. And then people had to like be upset, complain, and then they they changed it and they added like another sixteen to the pool, and of course the random battles. But um, I, I would I definitely rec- wish you guys had came come along with me. Uh, my experience with the three v three was pretty sick. I made it all the way to the finals, and unfortunately we didn't we didn't quite get there. 
and then the panel was pretty fun. Although when it came to the panel, I was a little upset that it was scripted rather than like ha- allowing us to have questions. And I don't mind it being scripted all that much mm-hmm. as long as you also gave us the opportunity to kind of like ask some questions here or there. Cause that's what a panel is at this mm-hmm. point. It was more like what it was, is like a press conference more than anything else. Like it wasn't a Q and a panel. So well, well that, 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 that leads me to a question for you, Steven. Now, now, now you're in the hot seat with Chris Adams. Um, what question would you have asked if you had the chance to ask a question? What question would I have asked? Um, yeah. Can we get prizing like uh, whales? If not, how come? Th- that is an honest, hard-hitting question. Like, there it that, is. Like, like it was super sweet. Like I got so excited when I saw what the Winter Cup had to offer mm-hmm. because I thought, hey, they're, they're – their Winter Cup non-competitive event, like kind of like our petite cups, if you will, had this sick, amazing prizing for all the stuff that was given out the previous year that's kind of left over that people still want, still missed out on. I hope we get something like that. Mm-hmm. And to realize that we get this like quarter-sized plush, um, some chocobo sleeves or tomberry sleeves that have been out for over a year, and uh, only one person gets a trophy, it was, it was a little upsetting. Um, I understand that petite cups are not meant to be that competitive, but I was looking forward to having what whales had for our petite cups, and that's not the case. Sometimes yeah. I just want to know why. <laughs> that's fair. That is a fair assessment. But um, but you said otherwise you would do it. You would go. You would do it again. Ten out of ten. Recommend do it again. I feel like it's something that we should always do. And I was uh, a little a little upset that I didn't get to experience it with with uh, you three. Oh, it was, it was pretty. It was pretty Aww. sweet. Yeah, hopefully next year it's bigger and we get like a little yeah. bit more advanced on like when it's gonna be. And yeah, because I definitely plan on attending next year. Um, it, maybe next year, you know, it'll be it w- there'll be more. What am I trying to say? It it won't just kind of pop up and then be like, oh yeah, by the way, it's in a couple months. That kind of thing, right? Nestled right in between like the events in the competitive season. Yeah, so. I don't know, like, what, what Cody said on their podcast, I don't know if you saw that, but, like, mm-hmm. he was saying just combine this with, like, James's thing and just let them, mm-hmm. like, work on a, a two-day event that's, like, a fanfare reunion type deal. I, I would support yeah. that. Um, yeah. Cody Snodgrass with the, with the great idea. Somebody get that man a corner office and a water cooler. He's got it right. <laughs> My, man knows My man knows what he's doing. But, um... Yeah, that was last weekend, and St- Stephen, thanks. I'm glad you had a good time, and thanks for you know kind of letting us know what was going on there. Um, this weekend, we all got to travel again, but we got to go together. Uh, Adam, unfortunately, you weren't able to go. Yeah, I had some stuff um, to take care of on the home front. Yeah, you know what it <laughs> happened. But while while you were here, you know, getting things finished up, ready for next weekend, you got you you missed hanging out with the Jersey Boys, uh, most specifically John Schreiner up at the New York Petite Cup. Um, so Curtis, Steven and I drove up there. We, we made it a like one and a half day event. We left Friday around three, didn't get there. Cause for some reason driving through DC on a, on a payday Friday, <laughs> anytime after 2 PM, guess what? Mistake. You're sitting in traffic until 8 PM. Cause we didn't get past Maryland until well after like, it was like 7:45. Yeah. You don't, you don't drive through DC at that time on a Friday. <laughs> Yeah, we messed up. I, I felt like a per, like uh, somebody who was wounded on the beaches of Vietnam confessing his life to like his best friend before he dies on the beach. 
we it was such a critical mistake and um <laughs> it was just awful we just we were just like we messed up we messed up real bad uh, see what happened was is that i got stuck on the phone call and that delayed us uh, 30 45 minutes yeah, that, that, that's that sales life, man. It happens. But we got up there. We actually crashed with John Schreiner, who, by the way, you know, shout-outs to him. And his family is absolutely cool. They, they All of them are just fantastic human beings. Um, we got to have some, uh, you know, we, we had some pizza and beers waiting for us when we got there. We jammed games until, like, until about 3 o'clock in the morning. Three in the morning. Three in the morning. Yeah. Then I went to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, Curtis, can you please give him a reenactment of how he sounded? Yeah, so if you guys don't know, if you ever room with Chris Adams, like prepare to sleep at all. It's a race. No, no, no. You can go to sleep. But the thing is, it's a race. Before Chris does. It's a race to who can fall asleep first. Who can catch disease first? Chris snores, but the thing is, he doesn't snore consistently. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it's not like a constant... Like it's like that for a little bit, and then out of nowhere, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it, it levels up. It's like tier one snore. Exactly, and then like, there's some snore. points in the night where Chris S-tier. woke himself up for snoring too loud, <laughs> and then he talked to himself for a little bit, and then went back to sleep, and then just, like, <laughs> continued until very late in the night. Uh, that's so good. <laughs> and it wasn't until like the next morning because I don't remember any of this, mind you. So it's not until the next morning when, like, John, who was, like, downstairs, was like, hey, man, I heard you in here snoring last night. And I'm like, oh, shit, I must have been snoring incredibly loud. And that's when just Curtis was like, oh, no, no, it was awful. It was just absolutely awful. (laughs) So while I slept like a rock for the three hours that we got, they they were not nearly as fortunate. And I, I humbly apologized all day, but, of course, you know, you know, John was there with the, uh, the 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 Taylor's own pork roll with breakfast sandwiches in hand, just ready ready to wake us up like a good dad and just get the day started. So then we uh, you know we drove we had the out we drove we well, drove we got on the, the the Jersey Transit which took us all the way from Jersey all the way into Penn Station right there into you know New York and we, we like it was an hour and a half train ride which was fine but we're just sitting there hanging out talking like laughing and giggling and of course they're making fun of me the whole time. And what the funny thing was, there was a guy on the train sitting in, uh, uh, the next <laughs> in front of us, and he gets up and he's like, you, you can just tell he had just an ear to ear grin on his face because apparently he had just been laughing at us the entire time, just the shit we were saying. And he just he says, now I want you guys, I want to thank you guys. You guys have been just perfect entertainment for like the last thirty minutes. And uh, he's like, you guys should be on a podcast. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, in like, fact, we are, good sir. You know what that reminds me of? Remember when we were in Philly that one time for a fighting game tournament and then the lady asked us if we were on a softball team? Oh, it was the best. We, 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 oh, what are you guys, part of some softball team? <laughs> I don't know why. It me of that. We so ashamedly grabbed the, the hundred chicken McNuggets that we ordered and yeah, just scattered mistakes out. mistakes were made. Very much so. Very <laughs> much so. But yeah. Um, and then we got there and then we finally... Yeah, of course we walked in there, and it was it was a rogues gallery. You know, we saw a lot of people. You know, Dan was in there. Um, oh, I'm so I'm so bad. I, I keep one. Savages, bro. You have Nick Schnell, yeah, Mike Hunsaker. Tracy was there, right? Yeah, Tracy, Tracy was there. Tracy was there. Colin Rupert was there. Colin Rupert was there. You're bad, Gabe. How do you forget, Gabe? 
We're on a recorded line here. <laughs> Yo, he randomly said, middle of a conversation, he just pauses. Hey, guys, we're on a recorded line. I was like, wait, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting, I know his name is Philip, but I keep wanting to call him PJ. The, the, yeah, you, you, he also top four, the other, the other Jersey boy. Is it PJ? Well, yeah, they call him PJ, but Phil, and PJ, okay. Phil too. Okay, cool. I just, I couldn't remember because like I'm, they they played PJ all weekend, and I was just like, okay, and I, I it's one of those things that the the keep hearing the word so much that I forget, you know, exactly who it is. But uh, yeah, like everybody was there. Um, a lot of people who I hadn't met yet came up to us and you know came up to me and was like, hey, big fan of the podcast. So you know, shout outs to everybody that was there. That you know, we appreciate it. We do this because you know you guys keep listening to us. You know, big mistake. Um. But, you know, we appreciate that. So it was really nice seeing some people that have been supporting us this whole time. So, you know, thank you for that. Um, and this was, again, my first time at the Uncommons. And it was it was a small store. Boy, the the stories did not do it justice. It I was mean, on a scale very, of uh, one to one-eyed jacks, how big is the store? I'll tell you right now. Uh, one-eyed jacks is a ten-room mansion compared <laughs> to this place. That's, that's bad, then. That's really bad. Yeah. And, like I and, felt like and, Harry Potter underneath the staircase. But there's so many like board games stacked up. It looks like a wizard's like chamber. You know, it's like like if you like watch a medieval movie or like a fantasy movie, like the wizard's got like books all the way up to the ceiling and there's just papers willy nilly flying about. They have like that's one of those the, ladders on wheels that like kind of goes through the store that they could reach. That's out. the only thing that was missing. There's not enough if they put a ladder in there, half the store would be gone. Jesus. Yeah. It was tiny, and everything everything just felt like piled on top of everything because it's just like it's a small space. You're you're literally in the, like a, a back alleyway in New York, so you know. And to be fair, they work they do well with the space they have. Um, with that being said, I think we can kind of segue into the event, and you know, since the three of us were there and we're all here. Yeah, we'll go around the table. We'll let everybody have their experience. Not uh, good, bad, and indifferent. We'll talk about the decks we played. You know, matchups as best as you can remember them. How you ended up doing for the day. And uh, Curtis, we'll start with you. Sure. So, I ended up playing Mono Ice. Well, with a little splash of Earth, just to surprise people with Shantoto, um, using Flan to search out the Earth Flan and basically catching people off guard with that. I was mm-hmm. gonna play Wind Water, but I kind of made an audible and switched over to ice just because it felt nice playing uh till you know when we played three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. um and also i felt like it was going to be good against like a lot of weird decks that you might not expect like off the fringes meta off meta mm-hmm. decks and things like that uh for the event itself though overall like it was a pleasant experience um barring the obvious things that we're going to be talking about probably in a little bit but like the event itself ran kind of smoothly. Um, nothing was too jarring, at least most of the time, in my opinion. Uh, people were extremely nice. I enjoyed every single game I played. Enjoyed every single person I played against. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, the small little things of how they ran the event. Um, but matchup-wise is I played like Dragoons round one. Uh, played... Oh, boy. I'm blanking out here uh played scions as well played two mono ice mirrors one of them being colin rupert of course um and then also played against ice water i believe mm-hmm. um, 
overall matchup wise, I wouldn't say I struggled at all. Like I know exactly where I lost and it was kind of they drew better cards and I didn't, especially if you're in the mirror match. Like if they get Duke Larg early, then you're kind of done if you don't have it. Yep. Uh, and then aside from the very last match, like every match I played, I felt like I was in control or at least like on equal footing. Um, but overall, the event was pretty good. And it's just at the end, like once the event ended, though, at that point, everything just went south. Because like as soon as they announced top eight, uh, the one of the guys working at the store, not the owner, but like, I guess the second in command or something like that, he screamed on the top of his lungs, like, get out of the store now like after they called the top four and I was in the street of New York and New York's a busy city. If I can hear this guy screaming from inside the shop, from outside the shop, that's a problem. And it wasn't nice. It wasn't trigger coded. It was just plain rude. And it, it just was completely off putting and like everything else that every, everyone's talking about on like the U S page, hundred percent fact, all that happened. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go again to that North New York shop ever again though. So, yeah, it's a shame to hear a lot of those things because, like, it sounds like as far as the game, the game itself goes, and the people that were playing the event was great. It's just like the store wasn't really like built to handle it very well. And then on top of that, they did a few things that were just like rub people, not the best yeah. way. So, but and like the the space wise, like it was definitely uncomfortable. And I think everyone like who's seen me, I'm not a big imposing guy, so sure, like I can squeeze in there, I'm fine. Like for Chris and Steven probably not the case but like for me i'm okay but like they did the best that they could do with what they got but they probably shouldn't be in that situation to in the to, you know they sh probably shouldn't have that in the first place so that's my argument there but it was kind of a sour experience as soon as everything ended there uh the only thing like the dude who was like really rude at the end like I'm pretty observant. I always, like, stare around. I can't, like, focus on one thing at a time just because my ADHD is always running rampant. So, like, I'm I'm looking around, and I notice, like, the dude towards the end of the event before they call top cut, like, he just he's just, like, really agitated that people are – customers are coming in, and you were, they're telling them off because, like, we're having that event there. And, like, progressively throughout the event from, from when he got there, he just – you could tell he just got angrier and angrier and angrier. Like, dude, you shouldn't have agreed to this. You shouldn't have said yes to this. Um, the store itself should have said yes to this. You guys aren't like equipped to handle this, or if you can't afford to not have those customers here, you should have said yes to this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Like, obviously, if if, if it's going to cause you an issue to have a forty-person tournament in your store, don't then, have it. Yeah, then just don't accept it. You know? Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I agree with that for sure. Uh, I guess before we move on to like Steven, Curtis, do you regret your deck choice at all? Uh, I don't regret the deck choice at all. Like. I probably should have made changes to it because honestly, I just kind of took the Japanese list and just played card for card. Um, but now, after everything, you know, I've put my own stuff in it and it feels much better. Um, so, not really so much regret, just kind of should have thought about it a little bit more, but it's whatever. Yeah. I, hear that. I, I guess, Steven, you want to talk about your deck and stuff? Um, yeah, I was playing a uh, Wind Earth list. Uh... I think it was like 16 or 18 EX bursts. Um, and uh, it felt really good. I feel like my losses were... I, I know at what point I lost in the game and what, what caused it to happen. Um, but the, the event started out really fine. Um, I was drawing the nuts rounds one, two, and three. 
Uh, first round was against Nick Schnell, so he was playing on with water. And I just I got to double cacked hard. He didn't see a single water backup, and the one that he did, I just archered it. Um, so that kind of went from there. Uh, second matchup was I was going up against Tempo Ice, Colin Rupert. Um, he got their early discard on me, but eventually I got triple cacked hard. That deck can't do anything about that. Um, and then my follow match was against uh, Virgil. Pretty close match all the way through. I, I wasn't getting much point across, and uh, I wound up winning by deck out. After he cag bombed me, I just killed his Viking on the way out, and uh, he, he couldn't finish me off in that turn, so I decked him out. Uh, Follow-up matches after that was against uh, Dan. He was playing Earth Water, uh, like anti-wind Earth, like just anti-wind Earth. Like, I, there's, I don't win that match. I don't, I don't think I can win that match. Yeah, I think um, uh, Chris was playing that at local, so I got a pretty good feel of like yeah. what was in that deck. Yeah, you, you oh, and, and by the way, Adam, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Glad not to cut you off, Stephen. No, no, go for it. Um, but one of the things they changed was one of the things we were talking about because they were realizing that Porum was a really oh yeah I, good it, card. So I guess so, I, side side tangent was uh, Chris was thinking about playing it with them the deck, and uh, so he brought it on Tuesday to locals, and yeah, like Porum was just shitting on that deck like really mm-hmm. bad. Like anytime he tried to do any of like the cool activation stuff or any kind of like tricky stuff. Porum was just like there to shut it down. What did they add in though? Porum. Oh, they added in their own porum. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I like. I don't think I win that match unless they draw bad and I draw the nuts. It's over. Mm. Um, well, the, the big trick that they had. I'll oh, cut you off again, Steven. You're, you're never. You're never going to finish with me here. Um, <laughs> the the thing that they that they really got a lot of mileage out of was tightening somebody. And then clading them to just have an infinite blocker on that turn. Mm, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's like something like Delita or something, you already get blown out for trying to kill it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Miss. I, 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 funny thing is, I look at the round and I see that I'm going up against Dan, and then I instantly I'm like, "Fuck! Who knows this deck? Who knows this deck? Ah, uh, John knows this deck. Hey, John. So curious, how do I beat this deck? This is granted." We're like in a pack of sardines here, scrambling to get through our tables, and yes, it, the way that. It felt in the store when the rounds shifted. Have you ever seen like a video of like when you like open up a, a box or something and like you just see a bunch of bugs just scattering everywhere, <laughs> all on top of one another, through one another, all that. That's what it felt like in that store. Like as soon as the rounds, parents were up and people were looking for their seat. That's what it was. And so like I'm scrambling through it, trying to get to table one, and then I see John and I'm like, John, how do I beat your deck? I mean, yeah, how do I beat your deck? What's gonna get to? He's like, I don't know. I was like, do you guys play? Uh, Gravitron, do you play uh, Ovelia? And then Chris is like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and then John's like, why are you telling him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it doesn't matter. No bit of it. Infer- I could have known every card in that list. I don't think I win. Yeah. Uh, followed by, uh, I played against Scions, and uh, there was one turn where, he, I mean, he opened up pretty well. All three backups that he needed, Alizé, Alphanad, all that. But I wound up catching up, and I felt like I was pretty in control at one point until I play my Dottaluma, and I have a wall on the board. So I got one Cactar, one Dottaluma, one wall. So I think I'm in, I'm in good standing. And I enter combat, and I, I say Brave 2K on the Dottaluma, and I'm like, as soon as I said that, I was like, fuck, I should have said EX Burst. And I was like, I'm not going to swing this turn. And then I like think about this for like the next like 30 seconds to a minute, 
And I'm like, screw it, whatever. I'm swinging with Dataluma. So I swing with Dataluma, oh, and off the top, kills Wall. And I'm like, all right, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as soon as he killed the Wall, I was like, all right, I'm not pushing anymore. And he had a Yida pops and, and something else there. So it was pretty much uh, over from there. And then uh, the last match, I just, I've been, I was playing around at Cleon the whole game. And my intention was to use a Chaos Walker, the wheel to pop the Cleon, and then use my backups for Diabolos. And I did it the exact opposite. And I lost there. Damn. So. So both of you guys um, finished three and three? Yeah, I went three and oh, then, and then lost the, the next three after that. It was pretty yeah, sad. Yeah, like I think both me and Steven were like on a roll on the first half of the uh, tournament. And then it, as time went on, we just started losing. <laughs> All right, Chris, you want to go ahead? Yeah, uh, to keep the three and three train alive, I also went three and three. That was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I was playing the um, the Earthfire Wool uh, lawn deck that I, you know that I play, that I did in the uh, video recently. Um, I, I think it was actually a, a fantastic deck choice because. Um, I started out okay. I started out two and one, so I wasn't undefeated. Because uh, game two, I'll, I'll get to that. My first matchup was against uh, actually Mike Hunsinger, and he was playing Mono Lightning. Um, it was one of those matches where he got hung up on backups because you know, like we've talked about before, with Mono Lightning, if you don't open like Sid Previa into backup, the deck just doesn't feel good, right? Well, he didn't open that way. I think he only saw one or two backups. And I saw everything, like everything I needed. I believe I cryo specialed him four times in that match. Oof. Yeah, like that's, every that's time tough. he every time he played a forward, it was like dead because he never saw Lulu. So everything's like six K. So I was like dead. And then uh, the one last time he tried to mount offense, he played a null. And guess what I had in hand? Cryo special. Yep. So I was like, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna, put, we're gonna put his trigger on the stack and. Boop. Yeah, that's and why that I don't like the card. That. That's why I don't like the card that much. Yeah, it was. It, I just had it. And it got to the point where he was just like, "Don't tell me you have another one. Don't <laughs> tell me you have another one." Yeah, I, I mean, I, every every card I drew, I drew a Cryle or a Phoenix or something. Yeah, every technically, like counting the Phoenixes, there's nine Cryles. If you want to count the Phoenixes as Cryles, so like yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So first match went pretty well. Second match I played against Mono Ice. Um, and I think the matchup that I have against Mono Ice is actually really good. Um, the mistake I made, and, I, and, um, I'm, and I'm not taking any away, uh, Anthony Suarez, I believe was his name, who played the deck incredibly well. I believe he made top eight. So, you know, he played the match incredibly well. Um, but I, there was one, there was a point about midway through the game when, you know, we're pretty even, where I had a choice to make. I had Luneth and Soul on board. I could either play Aegis into Warrior of Light to push him, to push him through to five, uh, yeah, to five. No, it would it would have put him on six. But I also have the ability to like cryo special in my hand as well. So instead of essentially pushing, and now that I think, because I, I guess in my mind I was worried about tapping out, not even thinking that Aegis gives my entire board brave. Because I was playing around getting blown out by Zalera when Zalera wouldn't have even mattered. Yep. 
So I chose I chose wrong, and it just kind of snowballed from there because he just hit all the gas. He hit an orphan, and that, that was a wrap. So I lost that one. Uh, round three, I played against um, I played against uh, this Ramza Leo, kind of like the Shota deck, but it was more of like a. It, well, what am I trying to say? Like it seemed a little bit faster than that, but that was actually the first match where Lon really, really shined. Um, I pretty much machine gunned down his board twice and just swung through to win. So that was good. Then the next round I played against uh, Virgil. He was on mono water. And that was one where it was just a close game all across the board. And then he, I just wasn't able to, you know, finish him before he had a really favorable Cognazzo turn. And that was just it. So, you know, he played the deck very well. He just knew when to drop what. And then I got Cognazzo. It did what mono water does. And, um, he was able to. He had one, he had one light Yuri in the deck, just one, and he was able to stall for enough turns that it mattered. It was really just really really clean play. So very 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 solid stuff. So no Fasoya in the deck. Do, do what? No, no Fasoya. It, it was no Fasoya. But then next was probably my favorite match of the day. So right game. now I'm two. I'm, it, it, it was against game. Game. right now I'm two and two. And, you know, three X and twos could make it in. And right now my two losses are people who are, like, at the top table. So I'm like, it's looking pretty good. If I can win out, I could probably, you know, if, if I went out, I could probably sneak into top eight as, like, the eight seed, maybe. Or I'd be on the bubble, whatever. So I play against Gabe. And we're just cracking up. Like, we just got the whole shop cracking up around us. And we're just, you know, because every time we pass a turn, it's just like, your turn, please. Um. And we're talking about just, you know, Gabe, we're on a recorded line. Calm down. We're just, we're just, just, talking, just having a good time, just, just cracking up. And um, so what happens is he, he stabilizes. I, I make a critical mistake by playing into a Shantoto because I've got a couple forwards out. And I'm like, all right, I'll just pressure. And I want to say one of the EX bursts uh, after I did that, after I committed to the board, he flipped a Star Sybil. There's my Vietnam helicopter again. And what does he do? He immediately grabs the Shantoto. Of course. Why? At this point, that's 100% what you do. So he plays it. And then the momentum slowly starts to shift back into his favor. I just can't get caught back up. I have one out. We're at the end of the game. We're at one out. And with the, the turn he Shantotoed, one of the forwards that got removed was a two-drop cryo. That's very important for the way this story ends. So I got five cards in hand. Greg, uh, Greg. Gabe's got four forwards on the board. It's it's lethal. It is lethal. I look at Gabe when he goes. I say I got to pass and just hope for my one out. So Gabe's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's the only thing I can do." So he goes in his turn, goes to the combat phase, you know, does all this stuff, and I'm like, "All right, Gabe, I have one out." And then we, we were talking casual. I was like, "Gabe, I need this. If I flip a Ceramobius on this EX burst, that means I can get a Cryle and wipe your board." Sure enough. I flipped the Ceremobius, and I was like, holy shit, no way is this happening. But, so, I grabbed the four-drop Cryo, and I immediately, I just windmill slam the Phoenix, and then I look, start looking through my break zone, and then I look at my remove from the game pile, and I just, just hang my head and just, like, in the back of my head, I just see, like, a football just being punted across the field. <laughs> Cause like literally, I wipe his board if I if I just did not if I stopped to just look at my break zone to see if it was in there, and I just look and just saw that it got removed from the game. The only one that I had seen at that point, because 
At that point, I buy another turn. He's almost out of cards in deck, and he's almost out of forwards. I've still got more, like more cards I can play. Like it, it, it just that that punt just changed a lot of things. And like, I, it was the only out I had. And the fact that I got like the, I, I hit the impossible part, like the hard part I got, but it was like the easy part. You know what I mean? It, it's like taking a test and you nail the essay questions, but you miss like the multiple choice. It was awful. And then, uh, so I'm X and three at that point. My day's done. Like I'm not making top eight. And then my, uh, my last round was against dragons and, uh, it was against, uh, uh, I believe her name was Kimmy. Uh, great match, by the way. But uh, she opened with a Barbara, just like slam Barbara swung. And I was like, well, okay, it's going to be this kind of game. So I just went, whoa, Raubon, killed it. And really just at that point, Wol and Noctis just kind of held down the fort for most of the game until she started going wide with stuff. And then I was just like, cryo special, and it just wiped the board. And at that point, the game was over. But, yeah, I went, went three and three. Uh, my losses were a little more spread out. But I had an awesome time, you know, from a tournament standpoint, just hanging out and just talking to people and just just really just like the social aspect of it was fantastic. Um, I agree with Steven. I didn't like the fact that it was, I mean, it was cramped. It was just so cramped beyond rational thought. Like, if you look, if you move the wrong way, half of your deck was just on the floor. Um you know, like if you were sitting, like sitting at like table seven, like which was back in the corner, you gotta have, you got, you have to wait for, you have to like stand outside until everybody sits down so you can go to your seat. Especially if you're like a bigger guy like I am, I would just have to like stand somewhere and be like, I can't move until other people sit down. But you know, again, everybody was super, super nice. Obviously, the conduct at the end with the you need to leave. Everybody out. Yeah, very much uncalled for. Like, what if, like, and here's the thing. What if after this tournament, say, you know, say we were staying the night. Like, say we stay up there another night. But, like, after we were done, what if we wanted to sit and have a cup of coffee and play a board game to unwind? Oh, you're just throwing us out? Well, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? That That's kind of the mindset at that point. Um and like, and like Curtis said it best, like everything was, was fine, as fine as it could be until it just got to that point. Like you almost nailed it. You almost nailed it. And it was, it was, it was off put. Like, you know, it was, it didn't bother me. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not from here. I don't have to deal with that. And again, up to that point, everybody was super, super nice. And it was just a really good experience for, you know, for what you had to work with. And I even told him that because, like, the guy I was talking to, one of the guys, I was talking to that same guy who, um, and I, he, he gets it, the store's small. And I was like, you know, you do well with what you work with. I think that's a good place for, like, if you have a local scene of, like, 10 people, that's a great place to play. But if you try to cram 40 people into that 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 closet, you know, that's that's just not, that's not the way you want to have a quote-unquote you know, you don't want to have you don't want to have an official square event where you know people are going to come, especially coming off the heels of probably the most successful season you've had with this game since it's been out in North America. People want to go to your events. People want to play, but for it to kind of end and like it just came to a crashing halt, and it was and no like no, nobody was happy after that. You're like, whatever, I'm done. I'm never coming back. That was kind of the general consensus. Yeah, so, I mean, it just sounds like it wasn't equipped to handle what, like, so, just a regular tournament. It was. To, to put it in perspective, uh, as far as, like, day-to-day matches, 
it, I'm right-handed, right? If I'm if someone to the right of me is left-handed, every turn, every like turn, we're bumping elbows. Oh yeah. Like we're 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 in each other's in each other's personal space because that's how it was. Yeah. Your mat was not your mat. Your mat was overlapping with someone else's, both in front of you and to the left of you. Like, yeah, like you if, would, you, you if you took a play mat, you made a mistake. Like you you you, I, you were better off just bare assing it on the table. Like if you if to so people can like put it in perspective as far as like because everybody has a mat. Your standard play mat to the left, like it, it, you lost about three inches going from left to right, and you only had uh, you couldn't put two full play mats to, in, in front of one another. It was like one play mat and then a quarter of a play mat mm-hmm. in 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 width of the tables and length of the tables. It was like you lost three or four inches off of your play mat mm-hmm. if you have three on a table kind of put it respect that way so it was it was definitely pretty tight yeah and then uh so that was the end of the event you know we all just kind of left then we went to go get some uh some hibachi and some sushi and just hung out a little bit then we uh you know we got the full new york experience you know we took the subway back to the to the train station um you know played you know ran around the train trying to find the right seat so we could all sit together and we just uh you know about about to the same thing just kind of shopped the shit and hung out on the train um, and then when we finally get to the last station, uh, Adam, you were asking about Eduardo and what all that meant. <laughs> yes. We get, we, get, we get back to the train station. We're like, we're back home waiting for John's. Uh, his dad came. He, his dad dropped us off at the train station. He, we're waiting for him to come pick us up. Well, we see this guy walking. Um, just the dude bundled up. He's got a, a messenger bag. He's walking towards the platform. And all of a sudden, this cop just comes peeling in, just peeling in and like parks, gets out of the car and looks at that guy and says, excuse me. Hey, is your name Eric? And the guy's like, no. He goes, well, how about Eduardo? <laughs> and the guy's how about like, Eduardo? Is your name Eduardo? <laughs> yeah, and then the guy's like, no. And he just keeps walking to the platform. And, all, and this, this fucking gumshoe is just sitting there like, oh, hell, what do I do now? Uh, I, 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 he, he, it was like some, some serious, like, bumbling police work. Like, He's clearly looking for somebody. Probably uh, somebody called in saying I was harassed by an Eric or an Eduardo, whatever. And, like, this cop was coming to look around. But he only asked that one person. Um, as soon as he says as Eduardo, you know, we all look at Steven like, you think he's going to come over here and talk to you thinking you're Eduardo? <laughs> yeah, he was looking at me, dude. <laughs> oh, he, he was just mean mugging you like, like he was expecting you all like, oh, there's, there's a Latin menace. What's he doing over there? Right. <laughs> But like it was just, it was just really weird. And like, of course, we laughed and giggled about that shit all the way home because we just turned it into some, you know, just some just really ridiculous thing. And you know, needless to say, I was seeing the lines all day. And there was there were some moments where I just started geeking. Um, <laughs> I've never seen Chris Adams <laughs> laugh so hard that he has dude, tears coming was, out of his eyes, bro. bro John yeah, did something to like, you, bro. The, the AirBuds or something like on the way. Yeah, to okay. The... So we're driving. <laughs> uh, this is on the way there, not to backtrack a little bit, but um. So we're driving there. We're in the Uber, and like we're obviously you know, we're driving through New York. So oh yeah. I'm just kinda, the AirBuds. <laughs> I'm just kind of looking around, just you know, really taking in the sights, watching like the you know. There's millions of stories happening out there right before our eyes, but every one of those stories involves somebody wearing AirPods. And like obviously, like I said, I'm I'm feeling kind of easy at the moment, and I just like have this like this weird like coming to to Christ moment where it was like, 
Guys, we live in a world where your headphones don't have wires anymore. <laughs> and I don't know why that was such a profound, life-changing moment for me. But it was it was the only it was the only thing that I could think of at the time. And I'm still blown away by it. And it became just like, so it ended up being on a deeper level than I thought it was going to be. I feel like wireless headphones were invented quite a few years back, in case you weren't aware. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But <laughs> no. I'm talking like, like, these are just regular old, like, earbuds, but they don't have wires. <laughs> yeah, they've been around for a little <laughs> That's bit. That's nuts to me. Like, it's just, but like, every, and everybody's got them. It's like normal. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still thinking about it. Like, when, when did technology just pass me by? Uh, it's a good question. That's, I don't know. When did, so when did, apparently, yeah. whenever wireless headphones were invented, that's what it happened. I guess. They, they must have snuck that one in behind me. <laughs> that, that one must have been hiding under the ring waiting to hit me with the chair because I feel like that's what was happening. Oh, that's man. so good. But that was my that was my experience in New York. Um, it's New York. Um, I, I get why a lot of people go there, but it's I'm fine. Uh, New York, New York's fine. Yeah, so yeah. there was also a uh, a Pussy Cup in Canada today. Was was there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess was there, there technically was. Um, so I I tried to get some information on it. No one's really responded back to me yet. So I'm not sure like what won or anything like that. But there was only nine people. I do know that. Oh man, that's a shame. That's hey, a shame. Well, well, isn't isn't that the goal? We want it to be that casual. I thought that was the goal. I mean, I think. They want the casual from a gameplay aspect, not from the fact that there's only nine people there. But this, yeah, yeah, I, I think they want people to show up, podcasts. but they don't want people to like take it super. Yeah, it just oof. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, those, that, are, those like, are crystal cup numbers. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, it sounds like that the, the weekend just wasn't great for the game. Those yeah, are and that's fine. So, like, you know, I don't want to sit here and, you know, not, I mean, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate because, you know, you want to see the, these competitive events have a showing and you want you want people to see that the game is thriving and strong. And I also, I feel bad, like, if you live in Canada and that's, that was really your only chance for a competitive event. You know, what if it's one of those things like, oh, man, we got a teacup, let's build some decks, let's play, let's go. And it's just you and eight of your friends that showed up. Yeah, it's kind of rough. But, yeah. Hopefully, like, yeah. and then, you know, the whole, like, rescheduling of their Crystal Cup and stuff, so it's just... Yeah, there's definitely some uh, some drama with going on right now with our neighbors in the north, and, you know, maybe they'll be able to, you know, get that, you know, taken care of in a, you know, in a amicable fashion, and we'll see what happens. Um, trying to think, I think, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I'd like to get some more, you know, I'd like to see what else happens with that. I'm trying to think that, um, you know, really, overall... You know, especially if you look at all the Facebook pages today, there was a little bit more negativity coming out of the weekend than there was positivity, and that's a shame because it, it's it's always a good time when you get to catch up with everybody and you get to see everybody and you know you get to you get to you know see some new faces, especially you know in the position that we're in where you know we're content creators. So when you have people come up to you and say, when you have somebody come up to you and literally say, "I fall asleep to your voice every night," you're like, "Man, that's." That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess yeah. I guess I'll in, end it on this before we go into like our main topic for like a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, I'm glad that these things are being said though, like because oh, yeah. they need to be said. Like they need to be yeah. visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 100. It's you, you can't just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. 
So. But with that being said, you know, unless you guys have something else to add, we're going to just kind of get right into the meat of this episode, which is, um, you know, well, I guess I should ask. I just asked, do you all have anything else to add? How rude of me. No, let's get it going. <laughs> the silence was deafening. Yeah, so, like, you know, one of the things we were kind of talking about today, you know, more so in passing, and I'm, I'm glad it came up because one of the things I heard um, from Mike Hunsinger and Colin is that, you know, you know, uh, Kevin Withero, one of the one of the guys up in, uh, in from the Philly group, just hasn't been playing because there's just nothing exciting happening in the game right now from a meta standpoint. And he's not the first person I've heard say that. There's a lot of people right now, and there's it's not so much a line in the sand as it is just a, a very um, kind of speak with your wallet kind of um, what am I trying to say kind of stance. Um, a lot of people think the meta has gotten stale. Granted, to, to play devil's advocate there before we even have the conversation, we got a new set coming out in about a month. So I can imagine winding down that the meta does get... The, the, for the most part, I don't like to say a meta's been discovered, but for the most part, the, intera- the powerful interactions have been found. So with that being said, let's present the roundtable question. Guys, do we think the meta for Opus 7 got stale? I mean, I feel like it, it's been from the very beginning. Like, you, at the very beginning, you got one exciting thing. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of say what's exciting about it and then what's the same, what hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuri Chalenka made everything pretty exciting because made Wind Water, like, Rob's list pretty bonkers. Mono wind actually became viable. That's legit, right? Mm-hmm. But and and warrior of light, Aegis and Soul kind of brought more light to the warrior of light archetype that make can actually make it competitive now. As you I mean, you played that deck yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and, but aside from that, like everything and Turbo's gone. Those that's what changed in the meta. Mono water for Soya, still great. Earth wind, exponentially better. Fire, mm-hmm. standalone fire, probably not the best. Um, mono earth didn't see any difference. So when you add cards like Galdez that just made it a little bit better, um, and everything else is pretty much the same. Yeah, it, I mean, it's been stale from the get-go. There was very minute things that changed. It's, it, the change from Opus 6 to Opus 7 was not the change Opus 4 to Opus 5. 5 was probably the biggest meta-defining or meta-changing Opus. Oh, I, don't, I don't think anything has been that great of a, a drastic difference since. So um, this one was probably the least amount of change. Sure. As far as the meta, from what I'm seeing, I mean, Give me your input. Tell me what you think otherwise. Or I mean, I so I, I think it's changed a little bit more than that. But, I mean, I think what you said is they're all, they're all fair points. So Layla Vikings definitely taking a backseat for the most part. Oh, big time. Uh, and that was, like, everywhere uh, before this set came out. And I think it was more so because Wind Waters, like, I, I think Wind Waters the best deck right now. Pretty clean. And you don't want to play Layla Vikings into Valifor. It's just a bad look. Um I mean, yeah, that deck's pretty insane. I think that the biggest thing is, is like the meta decks are good, and there's reasons why people are playing those decks. I mean, they're 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 the best for a reason. 
But with that being said, I think there's a ton of decks you could win an event with. I mean, there's... there's. I mean, I've, I've been seeing the Moogle deck a lot. I feel like that deck's pretty strong. Um, mm -hmm. I think Mono Fire's okay. I don't think it's, like, super great. But I think the Mono Fire wall list can sneak up on people and beat them. Mm -hmm. um, I think Mono Lightning, while it's, like, I'm not a huge fan of it, it's, like, it's pretty decent. Like, decent enough. There's just so many decks that can win a tournament. The thing is, it's, like, do you want to risk playing that? Or would you rather just play the established thing that you know is really good? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where we are. And that's and if that makes it stale, like it kind of just depends. I guess it's this. It, it's the best way I can put it is it's 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 as stale as you make it, kind of. Like if, if mm -hmm. those are the decks you want to play and you're playing to win, no one's gonna blame you for playing those decks because they're the best decks for a reason. But you can win with tons of things, in my opinion. Uh, one thing that I do want to point out: the finals for the New York Petit Cup. Was that Earth Water anti wind anti wind uh, wind Earth deck the, with the Delita, the Ash Rassler, the activation and the Carbuncle tricks, um, and then Wind Water, but it's not your typical Wind Water. It was Wind Water standard units, right? So like what, like Rangers and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, it was like uh, Maria Arc Waka backups. Like it's just anthems, like triple anthem backups. So he's um, probably running Layla and your stuff is just. Right? I, I don't. I don't know if he was running Layla Mike. Maybe he was running Layla Mike because he had he had favorites in there. And I don't think you want to kill your other standard units that are like ten Ks. Yeah, ten K beaters. I think if you see a favorite, it's pretty like usually Layla Vikings in the deck also, especially if yeah. they're running Gladiator too. Like yep. Ranger yeah. is a really good target too, but it helps to have like the Vikings as well. Mm -hmm. So that's true. So it, it probably probably I know I I know because I saw a uh, Arc Maria. And so, and it was wind water. So at that point, it's got to be standard units. Yeah, sounds almost like Curtis's Opus Four list. Yeah, it, it, it was very. From what I was, from what I got to see, it was very, like I guess Opus Seven version. But that's the idea of the deck. Yeah, and then did he still have Yuri Chalinka or no? No, not from what I saw. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there was any Yuri no. Chalinka in it. Got it. So he was just going really big, basically. And then, he, but he was playing YRP. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, I was gonna say, truth be told, not a lot of Yuri at all at this tournament. Not a lot at all. Very weird meta. A lot more mono ice than I was expecting. Yeah, there's a lot of ice. A lot of ice. I was hoping I would run into that rounds four and five. Yeah, that seems good for uh, Winter. Oof. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, like that. That should say something too, right? I mean, like these people are on this list. I think though, definitely a good amount of like players are are like shying away from those decks because either they find them boring or they just want to play other things yeah for sure and i think you can do that i really do um it's just like it is a struggle man because like if wind water just starts doing wind water shit like you feel pretty helpless sometimes yeah same with like wind earth right like if wind earth gets set up like steven was talking about earlier he had like three cactuars out like when that shit happens like you probably should just scoop it up i mean like you mm -hmm. should play it out but like it's probably over it's true. So it is true. Now, Curtis, what do you think? So, I do feel like the meta in this format is pretty stale. Because um, I mean, like, I think we all know Wind Water, Earth Wind, all that stuff is pretty much like the decks to play at the moment. But you know, there's still light at the end of the tunnel because like, there's so many stuff that you can play. And you know, I did it this weekend at the Petit Cup. Like, just played Ice instead, and you know. It's a strong deck. It has really good matchups against pretty much everything. Um, 
just not really wind earth once they have the like, data boom and cactar stuff but aside from that like there's decks that you can play that are just good and can perform well like the mono fire deck that you know that you're playing adam uh last time like that deck is really good you know maybe not against like wind water when they do like valifer combos but against like everything else that's trying to set up pretty mm-hmm. good against that um but i think another thing to keep in mind is the meta is always stale like it's not just for this format like it's always been boring like once it gets to the end um like when we're talking about like all these spoilers like for opus 7 like when this format was introduced we all were excited we all were like super happy about all the cards that were presented we were all excited to build decks and you know make all these lists and none of that's really changed it's just everyone's found like the correct formula for most of the stuff here but even in the past like early on like in the early stages of the game like mono lightning was always a thing mono ice is always a thing everyone's complaining that you know ice gets better cards lightning gets better cards um and then now it's just transitioned into new things and now those decks still have really good cards there so like it's never gonna change meta is always stale but uh you know with every new set maybe a couple things change here and there it's all just in the mindset like it's just perspective mm-hmm now, uh, one thing that I do want to ask all your inputs on when it comes to like, what can we do to improve it being stale? A, at towards the end, be more creative and kind of start playing with different things? Or would you think instead of every three months just getting a set, getting one every two? Nah, definitely not. Not trading out the faster. Like it's really it really does come down to like play new things because like that's what John did and what Dan did like they played new things like they came up with an idea that you know seemed good and they worked on it they honed it and it turns out that it is good against like some of the meta decks so at that point you just build it up and maybe who knows maybe that becomes a meta and then from there someone makes something that's better than that and that's how the meta works it's just that you have to be proactive to change the meta you can't like it's one thing to be like oh meta is really boring but if you don't do anything like that's on you you can't rely on someone else to do that for you and then mm-hmm. if you do rely on other people to do that for you that's when that becomes a new meta and you're just still doing what you've always been doing just playing the meta yeah and i, I don't blame anyone for playing the meta. like you know you should play what you think you're gonna win with and that's perfectly fine especially if you're going into like an event that you want to win right like play to win but like yeah. uh you know i mean there are definitely decks i feel like that people aren't playing i think there's definitely stuff that's undiscovered right i feel like mm-hmm. and you can definitely counter like obviously the two best decks in the game right now are are like not the fastest decks right so like the the reason i like the mono fire deck is because it does this is fast yeah it just gets in their face and makes them play at an uncomfortable pace um i mean granted you can get unlucky if you hit burst it feels really bad because in this game like if you're playing forwards out without playing a lot of backups and they die to burst like it's going to feel really terrible. And if those decks do get set up, you're going to die. But, like, you can make them play, like, really, really uncomfortable. But the thing is, if that deck ever became really good, you, you can easily smack that thing up and counter it. Like, you just drop Shadow Lord or, like, something like that, and, like, that deck cries. So, like, you can... I mean, you can play things like that. To, and, like, so the thing, whatever, like, what Dan and, and John played, too. I mean, they're obviously, like, looking at countering two big decks and... Sure, there's going to be car- other cards that give them a problem, but if everybody's just playing those two decks, you know. I was kind of picking at his brain. I was like, well, why, why delete it? He's like, well, Diabolos is probably one of the most unfair cards in this game. So, like, delete at least makes that card fair. Like, yeah. no, it, it just does. makes it not broken. Yeah, I'm still going to yeah. Diabolos delete every time. 
I'll take yeah, the yeah. yeah. You take that point of damage yeah. and you take but away it, pride. But it, but it, it does make the card fair. Oh yeah, I mean it definitely feels a little bit worse. But I'm still gonna kill a five drop and reactivate my backups. You know, it's still really dumb. Uh, but yeah, I do think Delita is like in a pretty decent place right now because he's like yeah. he's one of the few five drops that don't do something on entry that still feel like you have to answer him. Yeah, and then to add on to what you said, Adam, about like, you know, things that being undiscovered, like you know, John and Dan, they they put in the work and they did a bunch of things, and like, there's so many different card combinations that people just don't touch because, you know, we're lazy. Like I'm lazy. I've been playing Wind Water for the longest time because I didn't feel like, you know, drafting something new or like putting the legwork to like come up with a brand new list. And, you know, like even things like Ice Winds, things that you'd never really hear of because like no one's putting in the work to like put something together for that um like just thinking off the bat like you can make mystic knight like a one drop 8k like because you could play like maria and like duke larg and you know reactivate all your stuff and you'll be pretty strong for a one drop but like there's just things that people aren't doing like maybe that might be good but i'm lazy so i haven't done anything more than that yeah it's <laughs> so, hard like, it's up to hard, me yeah it's hard and like and when water is like a pretty well-oiled machine like when when they get going you feel pretty hopeless but like even even like chris played earth fire right did you feel like it was a like bad like you felt it's fine right i i've never felt a match where i was helpless especially like i and i played the match against wind water like don't the only time i feel like my options are even limited is when somebody plays minwoo because that takes for the most part it kind of takes the cryo special off the table but i can still kill like stuff like layla viking i can kill a lot i can kill a lot of things still but I can't, like, do the board wipe trick. But other than that, because I still run Warrior of Lights and Lon is on average, like, a 10 to 12. Okay. Like, I, I never feel like I can't compete. Yeah. Like, none of my, none of my losses, I, I never, I never got blown out. Like, anytime I've, anytime I've lost with that deck, it's because, me, it's because I've either done just pilot error or, you know what, they just got there before I did. Yeah. It just happens. But never, I've never, to answer your question, no. I've never felt like I was just out of a game because I couldn't play my cards or something, you know? Yeah, and I feel yeah. like as long as you have a decently constructed deck in this game, you can bring it to a competitive event and do pretty well. I mean, like I said, yeah. obviously, those two decks are the best decks for a reason, but... Oh, yeah. Because, like, every deck has, like, brain-dead plays. Like, anyone that knows how to play the game can do it. Like, anyone could do Dataluma Cactar. Anyone could do, mm -hmm. like, you know, build up the five backups and then play Diabolos. But, like... It really does come down to skill in this game. So, like, even if you're playing someone else that is playing Wind Water or they are playing Wind Wind Earth, if they're not, you know, like top tier at that deck, like you always have a shot because. Oh, I mean, those decks can be really hard to play, especially like during the neutral game before they're set up. So, like, you can play whatever you want as long as you are good and you know what you're doing. You always have a good chance. Yeah, and uh, like, yeah, those decks. It are are extremely hard to play, I think, because like especially wind water, there's a lot of sequencing. Mm. I mean, like wind earth is like once they get set up, they can kind of do what they want. But like yeah. wind water, like you have to constantly make sure you sequence everything right, or you're like gonna exactly. look like an idiot. Like you, if you play like one card out of sequence for wind water, like you're locked out of CP options yeah. most of the time. Yeah, and then I mean, like when I brought the fire deck to North Carolina, like I'd play like like because I know that people are gonna be playing those decks. And I know what their removal packages are for the most part. So, I'd, like, literally, I would just drop, like, turn one Godot, and they'd be like, shit, like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah and, I'm, and I'm just like, okay, cool, uh, now go to three damage. You know, like, it's like, 
Yeah, and then at that point, they're on the back foot. They're forced to, like, play, like, hard-casting stuff in their hand, and I'm, like, swinging over Camelonauts. Like, I don't care. Like, there are things you can do. Um, it's just, it, do you want to play those decks, or would you rather play the, something that's more established and, like, you know has good lines? So. Mm-hmm. Nah, makes sense. Makes perfect sense. But overall, you know, it... If you think the meta's stale, we don't really have much time left with it because, you know, a new set's coming out in a month. But if, you know, you're enjoying the competitive season right now, there's a place you can come play next week. Um, you know, we've got a Petite Cup happening in RVA, and you know, we're, we are T-minus, like, five days or six days at this point, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to get everything ready. Um, I'll be going to the shop on Friday and setting the stream up and everything in advance. Same. We've got a lot of people coming into town. Um, I'm trying to work on. I'm talking with Buckley about possibly having an event Friday night, just to kind of, just to kind of, kind of welcome everybody. Nothing crazy. Almost treat it more of like an FNM kind of thing. Just people come in, have a small tournament. Let's see how it goes. Just to get the, you know, get the get the blood pumping, as it were. But you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'll talk with Dan and Buckley uh, this week, and we'll see what's going on. But um, other than that, guys, any parting thoughts? Other than I'm, well. Let's let, let's let let's let the listeners know what time is is the petite cup starting on on Saturday. Oh shit, I don't know. So it's round one should be starting at noon. Okay, so at noon. So okay, make sure you guys be there. If it's at noon, uh, make sure everyone's there by like eleven o'clock. Have everybody turned in. Yeah, doors open at ten. Event. Doors open at ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect. If you're pre-regged, you already are on a list. So all you have to do is come up and put your name down and pay, or like <laughs> tell them your name and pay. Uh, and then I'm sure we'll have a few, some people at the door. Right now we're like around 80 pre-regs. Uh, so if everybody shows 80 up, 80 is seven rounds of Swiss or eight rounds of Swiss. Should be seven, I believe. Yeah, I think right now we're at seven. But uh, it, there's a chance with the walk-ins we maybe will hit 100. It'd be pretty high yeah. if we do. Um, yeah, I'd be excited about that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You got a Chinese you're still online, PlayStation 4 with Final Fantasy 15. There's no reason why not to go. Yeah. Yep, and we got a we got a care package coming in from Matt Rice with some more prizes to add to the pool. So it's a if you're, looking to, if you're looking to play games and prize out, well, you are you're going to be at the right place because there's a lot of neat stuff happening. Um, I'm also still working out logistics on a, maybe some possible side events because um, I know typically what happens is around round three or four. That's when you start seeing your drops. I want to make sure that. You know, we can have something without, and, and it's really going to depend on how many people show up. Because if we have a full house, we're not, we're just not going to be able to. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to have room. I mean, people can kind of do stuff on their own if they want to do some impromptu stuff, but yeah, I, I don't know if like the employees are gonna be able to help us run a set like separate side events. Like we might be like, exactly. have our hands full. We're, I mean, everybody's gonna be comfortable. I can promise you that everybody will have space. Oh yeah. yeah, it ain't gonna be like what we described during this podcast. Well, uh, y'all haven't been back since Battlegrounds re- renovated, so they're even. Oh, bigger I have. Now. Okay. Curtis has. Curtis has. Yeah. Seen, it's much yeah. bigger now. Yeah. So they yeah, they've, uh, they've even changed since you've been there, Curtis. They moved a lot of stuff. So. Oh really? Yeah. yeah they, okay. they knocked out that whole wall. Oh dang! Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty big but, now. But like for the side events thing, like maybe you guys can work something out because I know you guys are taking breaks for the stream, right? Yeah. So like whoever. For now, like whoever's like on break, like around like round three or four, like maybe you guys could run some pods for like title or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, uh, or I mean, maybe take a look at possibly see if RB can send you guys the 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 
the sheet that people use for Wolves Den and just like Wolves Den is pretty much self. I mean, we uh, can make our own Wolves Den thing. The only worry mm -hmm. I have is uh, I don't know what we do for prizing. Maybe maybe that is a good idea. I could easily make up achievements for Wolves Den. Like I could do that myself. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like most wins at that point, um, just have you can have a, a one 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 row of tables at halfway. After a few yeah, rounds, that and, might uh, be something to think about for sure. That can that's self sustaining yeah. pretty much because. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. We'll have to figure out what kind of prizing and something we can do. But like I said, a lot of it, you know, a, a lot of this extra stuff we're doing is for the community. Um, you know, we just want people to have a good time. We want people to come out and just be able to celebrate the game and celebrate each other's company and just have just have a good time with it. That's really all we're looking for. And um, you know, we just want people to know. We want people to know that you know, if they play Final Fantasy trading card game, they can come to. RVA, and just know you're a you're gonna have some really good competition, but you're also just gonna just feel so welcome, and that's that's all we want. So, but with that being said, I mean I've I've got nothing else, man. I'm just I'm just ready. I'm ready for this weekend. I'm excited to see everybody. It's gonna be just an awesome awesome time. It's gonna be like just this week this past weekend continued with more friends and more room between myself and the wall yeah the mm -hmm. the next podcast might be late oh it's definitely going to be late so. it's 100 percent going to be late maybe by a day because it just really depends because we're, I mean, we're, we're going to be i mean you and i are probably getting to the store a lot earlier than 10 o'clock and that's why i don't know what time it starts i'm gonna be there all day so yeah. i mean i gotta drive mm -hmm. uh because uh, dan and john are staying with me so yep yeah, yeah i've actually um i've got an airbnb because i've got several people staying with me so you know, if need be, we can hang out. Like I'm, I'm I got the Airbnb is like ten, uh, about fifteen, twenty minutes up the road, like up Midlothian Turnpike from Battlegrounds. So you know, we'll see what we got going on, and you know, just you know, we're gonna hang out. We're just gonna hang out and have a good time, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be fun no matter what. Chris, yeah, with that, with uh, that going, Steven? Enjoy yeah. your sleep. It's yeah, that time. I'm, yeah, it's that, I, it's that time. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm running on like you know. I'm dozing at this computer. <laughs> I am like nodding off. Yeah, that's, you know, I, 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 I can hear. That's, that's why you don't hear his legs shaking because he's so tired. But, <laughs> you didn't even hear the chair. It's you guys didn't thing. hear the chair the whole time. It's a yep. good thing. It is. It is. But guys, you know, thanks for being on. It's always a treat when we have you guys on. You know and. We, you know, just all, always glad to have our, you know, our local community just, you know, showing that camaraderie like we always do. And I can't wait to see you guys again this weekend. Um, you know, thankfully, I, 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 um, I don't know if anybody's staying with you guys or if you're coming down Friday or staying with anybody down here. But I promise wherever you're going to be at, that person's not going to snore. <laughs> oh, not true. Um, Alex is staying with me over the weekend. And uh, I think he gives you a run for your money. Oh really? He he's he's like one like day of congestion away from like a uh, from like one of those, what are those machines called the the that that what CPAP oh, machines or whatever those things. No, are. So he's he's a thing. He 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 went to get the test for sleep apnea, and the doctor's like, I don't got. He's like, I, I don't have this shit. I don't understand how I don't have it. Like I fucking snore so loud, it's like a bomb. With that being said, guys. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Um, you know, probably no videos coming out this week, but I am. So actually, I do. I got one more thing to say. I do want to thank everybody who's we've got a lot of like comments and a lot of interaction on the change my mind video. So I want to thank everybody for that. And we got another one of those coming. Um, and I will say um, playing a little bit, a little bit more with Lon this week. And I think the card is 
better than I gave it credit for. I still don't think it's the best, but I, I do think it's. Uh, if I were, it, I, I it, for me, it was a hard six uh, going into this weekend, but I, I I think it's a solid eight, a solid eight out of ten. That's a that's that's a good increase. That's a bump. That's a bump. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you watched. There were just games I was playing where it was like, oh, you've got four forwards on the board, and they're gone. Yes. And all I did was, and all I did was either use Lon with a hecaton chair or just turn him sideways. Yes, so it was good. But yeah, it was good. So you know, next one of those coming out soon, probably after the Petite Cup. But you know, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. That being said, Adam, always a pleasure. Curtis, Stephen, I'm going to bed. All right. Good night, everybody. See you guys later. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes. 